Uh, 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 Podcast starts now. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, today we've got three game recaps, or maybe two and a half game recaps, as I don't get to watch one of the games. I don't know how much I'll have to say about it. But we'll do the game recaps. Um, then we're going to... I'm going to do it. We're going to talk a little bit about the Matthew Carson trade again. Just real quick, final thoughts on it. Don't worry, it'll be gentle. It'll be fine. Um, and then... We're going to have a uh, kind of a special new segment at the end. So let's get right to it, because I don't, I don't want these game recaps to end up taking forever. Um, I, just not finding as much to say about them uh, these days. But we'll go to Week 11, Browns and Patriots. Browns won this 35 to nothing, And this game was brutal to watch. I, I don't know what's going on here, but... Uh, the Patriots cannot stop the Browns' running game at all. Um, and I don't know if that's a scheme problem, if that's a coaching problem, or if the Browns are just superior at the line of scrimmage. And with the running back, whose name I forgot, but I can look up, uh, that they I believe they traded for, and they got you know another running back with good speed and good elusiveness, Jalen Springs. Um, that's the guy that's carrying the load for the Browns now, and uh, they've, they're really kind of built around him. Um, so yeah, 35 nothing. the Patriots, you know, threw a bunch of interceptions and and just looked bad. I, um, yeah, eight turnovers for the Patriots, guys. Eight. Um, and yeah, they seemed distracted, like a bunch of kind of inexplicable delay of game penalties. I, I don't know what was going on there. I I hope everything's okay with the Patriots. Um, if this continues, they're probably going to do a house cleaning with their coaching staff. So hopefully they get it turned around. Um, yeah, not much else to say there. Uh, I do know, I'm pretty sure the Patriots are missing their tight end, who they were really counting on this year to be a major part of their offense. So maybe that's part of the zero points there. I, I kind of hope it is. I hope it's not that they're just really, really bad. Uh, moving on to the Chiefs and Panthers, I got to be honest, I I don't remember this game as well as I thought I was going to at this point. <clears throat> but uh, for most of the game, it really seemed like a Panthers just beat down. Um, they ended up winning at twenty-eight to twenty-three, uh, and turnover problems for the Chiefs was a big part of it. Uh, Toby Clemens had four touchdowns, one interception, and and Andrew West was the uh, he was the opposite. He was one touchdown and four interceptions. Um, Chiefs ran the ball better. I do remember uh, after the Patriots were up pretty big, the Chiefs did kind of stage a comeback. Uh, did I say the Patriots? I meant the Panthers. You guys know what I mean. Um, the Chiefs did stage a comeback, and they really had a chance at the end of this game. Um, the Panthers, in the four-minute drill, I thought did some questionable things. Now, 
they were struggling to run the ball, and they were passing it quite well. Uh, Deion Haywood and, and Julian Clancy, both over 100 yards, uh, both averaged over 15 yards a catch. So I can kind of understand why they were throwing the ball a lot when they needed to be running the clock down. Um, but it did result in uh, additional chances for the Chiefs, and they they couldn't get it done. They had an interception right after they got the ball back with a chance to go take the lead because they were only down by one score. So not the best um, clock management at the end by the Panthers. Uh, but they were able to lean on their defense. Their defense is very good. Guys, this Panthers team is very, very good. I, I think it's solid everywhere, and it's outstanding in a few places. So look out for them. Um, and finally, we've got the Chiefs and the Patriots. This game is not over yet uh, as I'm sitting here, but also it's kind of over because it's in the fourth quarter and the Chiefs are up 40-7. to And I don't know why. I'm going to guess, just like the Browns game, that we've got a turnover problem for the Patriots here. And, man, I, you know, this was a little more fun when the Patriots were a contender. And right now, it doesn't look like they are. Um, I don't know if I'm going to wait for this game to end here so I can look at the stats, but... This is really a pretty big surprise, I think. Um, and, you know, maybe the Chiefs are are really rolling now. Maybe they've got things figured out. I know their receiver core is better than it's been in, in a number of years. And the defense is pretty good. And they do have uh, some of a running game. Um, I believe Irv Bernie is hurt. I'm going to go look at that real quick. Because they've been running it with another running back. Uh, or maybe they just moved on. So let me see if I can find the injury report real quick. A little stalling while I do it. Yep, Irv Bernie is hurt for one more week, it looks like, with a MCL tear. Uh, but their running game keeps going, and I think uh, their coaching staff is pretty comfortable with Andrew West. So Chiefs looking pretty good here. They're definitely going to be in the playoffs. Uh, all of us are going to be in the playoffs here. So we'll see how that turns out. Um, yeah, again, this is at least a 40-7 to victory for the Chiefs. And yikes, yikes. One of, the bigger, one of the bigger blowouts we've had in a little while. So uh, Patriots, get it figured out. Get that quarterback trained up. Now, before we move on to uh, kind of a new segment on the podcast, I just wanted to briefly, briefly uh, revisit the Matthew Carson trade because I think what I said in the last podcast kind of got misconstrued and kind of lost in, in the haze of, of all the excitement about it and all, and all of that. So I just want to real quick kind of clarify what I meant because <clears throat> I, I don't know if I got my point across. Um, as far as the team building that the Chiefs are doing, um, I, like, I, I didn't have any criticism of any of that. Um, so the Chiefs, and I have spoken to people in the Chiefs organization, uh, I did offer to have 
anyone they wanted on the podcast to talk about it, and they, they declined, so that may still a little bit say how they feel about this trade after the fact. But it, but anyway, um, they they feel like they've got a great quarterback in West, and they're going to get him locked locked up to a long-term contract, and he's going to, you know, as he grows and develops, that contract is going to turn into a bargain. And I think, you know, that that's a pretty cool choice. I, I like that. And, you know, Carson's not their guy. They've made that decision. That's fine, too. Um, I, I would still say they could have kept Carson on the roster to play against the Browns. I would have done that. But maybe they felt like West gave them a better chance to win that game anyway. Um, and so, you know, that's up to them. They run their team the way they want. And they're in practice every day with those two quarterbacks. So, um so they've got a pretty good bead on, on what they should be doing there. That's fine. But I, I want to point out that the the thing I thought where the Chiefs really made a mistake here was that the compensation they got when they traded Matthew Carson. So let's just, just look at, at that part of it. Once you've made the decision, you're going to move on from Carson. Then let's look at how it was done and how it could have been done. So this was, I think, week seven-ish. And uh, the Chiefs, again, traded Carson to the Titans, and they swapped first-round picks with the Titans. So whatever pick the Chiefs earn, which looks like they're going to be in the playoffs, so it'll be in the late 20s, that'll go to the Titans. And whatever pick the Titans earn, which is almost certainly going to be a top-ten pick, is going to go to the Chiefs. Um, And it's looking like... You know, the, that's not going to backfire too bad. So I had I had two issues here. One was the Chiefs gave the Titans a great quarterback with 10 games left to play. If the Titans had won 8 of those 10 games that were left, it's looking like it's going to work out for the Chiefs because they didn't. They've only won one game since then. But if the Titans had taken that great quarterback, because now they're much better with this quarterback, and won 8 of 10 games then that draft pick is going to be in the late teens, probably. And now the Chiefs have barely traded up in the draft. Um, So I thought that was a pretty big risk to trade that early in the season when you don't know how the Titans' season is going to turn out. Um, So that was one. Here's the other. Near as I've been able to tell doing my research, Carson had four years left on his contract. So this trade did not have to happen right now. It could have happened this offseason. It could have happened next offseason. If the Chiefs still want to play West as their starting quarterback, they can bench Carson and have the best backup quarterback in the league for as long as they want um, and trade him in the offseason. And then when they trade in the offseason, they can make sure they're trading for exactly the pick they want to get. Any pick at all. And I would say, you know, this is one of the very top players in the league. If you're trading a 98 overall quarterback... This is the most valuable asset an NFL team can possibly be offering in a trade. You should get extra picks for that. The Chiefs didn't get any extra picks. They just swapped the pick that they had. I, I think if you're trading an outstanding quarterback like that, you should be shooting for at least two first-round picks, especially when you're in the Chiefs' position and you don't have a rush to make this trade. You have the luxury of letting him 
stay on your roster for the duration of this contract, if need be, while you try to get a King's Ransom, because that's what you should get for, I think he's the second highest rated quarterback in the league. That's what you should get for that guy. You should get a King's Ransom. Um, And so I thought the compensation is where this trade, I just didn't think it was very good. It doesn't look like it's going to be disastrous. The worst case scenario could have had the Chiefs actually trading back in the first round uh, if the Titans had finished with a better record uh, and also giving up the quarterback. They would have gotten nothing out of that. Um, Doesn't look like that's going to happen. It looks like they're going to be trading up in the first round by quite a bit. But still, surely you can get extra picks. Surely you can get at least one extra first-round pick out of that. Just as a comparison, uh, a week later, the Packers traded an 85-overall aging linebacker, and they got a first-round pick free and clear. Didn't have to give up anything else. Um, So I, I just don't understand why someone would settle for just swapping picks and giving up one of the most valuable assets in the league. Uh, And I still think somebody in that Chiefs organization is probably going to lose their job over this. If not, if there's no other consequence, I would at least like like to petition the league uh, to take away the master trade negotiator status from the Chiefs because I really don't think they deserve that. I think they've proven with their actions they don't. Uh, So, yeah, I'm still being harsh. I guess I was thinking I was going to be gentler than I was here, but I don't care. Um, and the Chiefs can take it. You know, they just uh, won a Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes, so they don't need to listen to what I say. Wait, that was a different Chiefs team. Anyway, uh, I will mention this again when we get to the draft. I won't spend a lot of time on it. I'm just going to mention, hey, this is who the Chiefs are taking with this pick that they they swapped, and I may, I might point out that they could have gotten more picks. But, all right. Done talking about that trade. And finally, um, I'm going to do a little bit of a different segment here at the end of the podcast. I I think it might be a recurring segment. I'm looking for different ways to generate content here because I'm kind of tired of just game preview, game recap, etc., etc. It it tends to get kind of repetitive unless something really interesting happens in one of the games. So I'm looking for other things to talk about, other things to to do that might be interesting or entertaining. Uh, And I thought of this because I I was listening to a podcast that was uh, talking about the Raiders specifically, and they mentioned this thing that I forgot happened. And and I thought we might do this segment where we just talk about kind of weird things that have happened in NFL history uh, that are just odd um, or, or interesting or... Did that really happen? Makes you go, you know, what are, aren't these supposed to be uh, professional football teams that are run like businesses and everything? So I was thinking maybe we'd give the segment a name. I don't know. Maybe call it, these guys are professionals? Huh? You know, maybe I can get that, that huh from, uh, from the old Home Improvement show, that Tim Allen huh? So uh, there may be a copyright issue there. I don't know. I'll have to look into it, but. If this becomes a recurring segment, maybe I'll figure out a way to add that sound drop. Um, but I just want to kind of set the stage here for this thing that happened back in 2011. Uh, the Raiders had just gone, I believe, 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, They weren't a very good team, but they had actually swept the AFC West. They went 6-0 and in the AFC West, and then I think it was 2-8 um, uh, two and, two and eight against everybody else. 
which was kind of odd and interesting. And as a Chiefs fan, kind of rankled me a little bit. Uh, but their head coach was Tom Cable, who, by the way, is actually back on their staff right now uh, in 2020. But their head coach had been Tom Cable, and there were, you know, it was kind of a dysfunctional coaching staff. The, the team was in disarray, as the Raiders have often been. And, and there were a lot of weird things going on with Cable, allegations that he he punched another coach and broke his jaw, I think, and and some off-the-field allegations, and it, it was wacky. And, of course, the Raiders were under, under fire for keeping him on the team, even though I don't think there had been any criminal charges or anything like that. So it's always weird to want somebody fired for something they may or may not have done. That's besides the point, though. Uh, obviously, they were not liking the Tom Cable experience, and rightfully so. Uh, so the the Raiders... Fired Tom Cable, and they were hiring Hugh Jackson. We all know Hugh Jackson. Uh, Hugh Jackson is their head coach. He had been their offensive coordinator that year. And so they did a press conference, because that's what teams do. They do a press conference to announce the coach. And in a press, you can still find parts of this on YouTube. In a really weird press conference that I believe went almost two hours, uh, Al Davis, who looked like Doc Brown in Back to the Future after he hit his head. He had this big bandage on his head and was really looking looking rough. And this was shortly before he died, so maybe he just wasn't doing well. But Al Davis uh, introduces Hugh Jackson as the head coach, and you have kind of the opening statements uh, that are brief, and Hugh Jackson's there, and he's you know happy. He's talking about what it means to be the head coach. He's a first-time head coach. That's a pretty great... Uh, you know, accomplishment for a guy that came up through the ranks, and he was excited about it. His family was there; they were excited about his, you know him becoming a head coach and this big move in his career. And after they introduce him and he makes his brief opening statement, uh, there's probably about thirty minutes of this press conference that Al Davis just rambles on and on about all the things Tom Cable did that got him fired. So he takes this. Press conference is supposed to be about Hugh Jackson and makes it uh, about he makes it uh, an event where he just rattles off the litany of Tom Cable offenses, uh, apparently including um, letting his girlfriend stay with him in the hotel before games, which I guess was not allowed. It uh, wasn't allowed for players, so he he was saying this guy that's leading the players he he can't be doing this either. He's got to set an example about how focused he is and stuff like that. I don't know. Um, so if you want to watch it, you can search it on YouTube. It's, uh, let's see, Raiders Press Conference, uh, January 18th, 2011. Uh, I'm not saying it's a great watch. I'm not saying it's the most entertaining thing you'll see, but it was just one of those weird things that have happened over the years. Uh, a lot of these weird things that I, that I may be pointing out are related to press conferences because some of these press conferences get pretty, get pretty goofy. Um, not all of these guys are public speakers. <laughs> Sometimes you can tell, you know, this guy's an owner or he's a coach or a GM or whatever, and and he's good at that, but he is not a good public speaker. So this is one that I was reminded of that it was just really, really odd. Al, Al Davis turned Hugh Jackson's big moment uh, in, <laughs> into just a kind of a grudge match for a guy that was fired and gone already. So kind of weird, kind of funny. Um, 
you know, you kind of got a feel for Hugh Jackson. I don't know if, if that guy's a super head coach or not, but he's had a lot of these kind of weird moments happen to him. Um, of course, after coaching for the dysfunctional Raiders, uh, he goes much later and becomes the coach for the dysfunctional Browns. So this guy really has never had a good organization to work for as far as having a chance to be a head coach. Um, and that's too bad for him. I, I've always kind of liked Hugh Jackson. And like I said, I don't know if he's necessarily a good uh, head coach candidate or not, but I don't feel he's ever gotten a chance to really do the job well. So, yeah, if you want to check out that YouTube video and and just torture yourself with awkwardness, it's almost like an entire episode of The Office as a monologue, watching Al Davis, uh, you can always you can look that up. And like I said... Don't blame me if you don't like it, because it, it, it it's just not the most entertaining content. So that'll be the podcast for today. I think we will maybe do a playoff preview podcast coming up pretty soon, and maybe uh, add in a few other goodies. Uh, once again, if you have questions or content ideas, you can always get a hold of me via voicemail on Anchor or via... Um, Discord, forgot what it was called there for a second, via Discord or text, and I'd be happy to to work that, whatever you've got, into the podcast, if it's interesting. If you're saying, hey, hey, did you see that I changed my right tackle to my left tackle, or so-and-so's number is 58 now, maybe you want to talk about that. No, no, that's not interesting. But if you got something really interesting, or maybe controversial, I think controversial things are are fun to talk about, then uh, and get a hold of me and we'll go over it. Until next time.